I recently rewatched one of my favorite documentaries, which is Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And as I'm watching it again, I realize, you know what, this is really like a, it's a discussion, a documentary about mastering your craft. And I was like, why don't I take notes on this? Just like I would take a note, if, if Jiro was giving a talk for an hour, um, I would definitely listen and take notes. I was like, why don't I do that for the documentary? So that's what I did. They just pulled out some interesting things. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. I'd watch it immediately. It's fantastic. But um, let me just run through some of the things that were in the documentary that I thought were interesting. So at the very beginning, we have Jiro talking about it. You know, why is the documentary called Jiro Dreams of Sushi? And he says, I would see ideas in my dreams. My mind was bursting with ideas. In dreams, I would have visions of sushi. So let me back up a minute. He is 85 years old at the time of the documentary. Now he, is, I think, is 94, and he's still working in a sushi restaurant. And it's arguably the greatest sushi restaurant in the world. All right, so it says, uh, once you, this is Jiro talking to us, once you decide on an occupation, you must immerse yourself in your work. You have to fall in love with your work. You must dedicate your life to mastering your skill. That is the key to success and to being regarded honorably. Um, it's a restaurant critic that has eaten at hundreds of places, of sushi places. All He says, he says actually, I've eaten at every sushi place in Tokyo. Jiro's was by far the best. Uh, he describes what eating at Jiro's is like, which I found so fascinating is that, you know, it's a 10-seat, three-star rest, Michelin three-star restaurant in a subway station in Tokyo. It is not what you would ever think. If you said, hey, if, if someone said, tell me how to design the best sushi place, restaurant in the world, it's you wouldn't have come up with this. And yet, through mastering his craft over, I think, 75 years, that's the result you get. Uh, so this is what it's what eating at Juro's is like. It is comfortable for people who have to who like to have sushi served at a fast pace. But for people who want to drink and eat slowly, it's not a comfortable eating experience. So I'll go into more of what makes them unique. And usually what makes you unique is is not usually what you do. It's what you say no to. Uh, so it says all of his sushi is simple. It's completely minimal. If you had to put Jiro's in a nutshell, it would, he would say, ultimate simplicity leads to purity. Reservations are mandatory, at least a month in advance. The price starts at 30,000 yen. That's roughly $300. Uh, there's no drinks, no appetizers. We only serve sushi. So the, what, the, the main takeaway from the documentary, I feel, is like, what if you focus on getting really good at one thing for an extremely long period of time? What does that look like? All right, so it says for fast eaters, a meal might only last 15 minutes. Think about if you paid 300 bucks and served 15 minutes. In that sense, it's the most expensive restaurant in the world, but people are convinced it's worth the price. Jiro repeats the same routine every day. He wants to get back to work as soon as possible. That is unthinkable for normal people. This is what Jiro says. If it doesn't taste good, you cannot serve it. That's why I always taste the food before serving it. This is a description of Juro. I've never seen a chef who is so hard on himself. He sets the standard for self-discipline. He is always looking ahead. He is never satisfied with his work. He is always trying to find ways to make his sushi better. Uh, they also have to, have to be realistic about what kind of person, like an obsessive person like this, is. And I think you get a good idea of that in this one sentence. He's a better leader than a collaborator. Uh, he just works relentlessly every day. That's how, sh there's a word I didn't know. I had to look it up. It's called shokunin. 
That's how shokunin are. So the, the word shokunin is a Japanese word that translates to an artisan or a craftsman. The way of the shokunin is to repeat the same thing every day. They just want to work. They are not trying to be special. But you, that, that's the thing. If you dedicate, your, you dedicate yourself to being the best you possibly can at one thing and you do that for a very long time, that makes you special. That's rare. Uh, every vendor Jiro uses must specialize. The tuna vendor works exclusively with tuna. The shrimp vendor only works with shrimp. Each vendor is a specialist in their field. We are experts in sushi, but each vendor is, far, is more knowledgeable in their specialty. We've built relationships of trust with them. I thought that was really smart. Um, to go back to the restaurant critic, he says, I've never had a disappearing, disappointing experience there. That is nothing sort of a mir short of a miracle. Um, his so, his, so he's got two sons. One still works with him uh, and is going to take over Jiro's restaurant when Jiro, I guess, dies because he's not going to retire. And the other one already left to open his own version of Jiro's, right? And there's a lot in this part of the documentary that I thought was like it was useful to other domains. Uh, so he's talking about his father. He says, my father, Jiro, is sk his skills incomparable. He has been making sushi since before I was born. So there's nothing I can do to top him. So when this, when I saw this part, it immediately reminded me of this quote from Steve Jobs, where he says, I'm convinced about that about half of what separates the successful entrepreneurs from the non-successful ones is pure perseverance. What is Steve telling us? What is Jiro's son telling us? Don't quit. You need to invest the time to actually master what you're doing. And you're going to have insights and things that you might not even be able to explain to other people that you get from spending an unbelievable amount of time. And I think that's just, the more I read these biographies, the more I go through this, I'm like, man, time is probably the most important factor here. Because most people are not going to keep working and trying to improve over a long period of time. And if you do, you will eventually get what you deserve. Uh, this is his son again. When I This is another interesting part or continuation of that interesting part. When I left open my own restaurant, Jiro said there's no coming back. You have no home to come back to. Failure was not an option. That seems kind of harsh, right? So Jiro's explaining this. And he's also going to give us an insight into what kind of person, like what did the Jiro have to go through to have this relentless drive that he has? When you open your own restaurant, you need to be tough. This is Jiro talking now. I told him to leave and open his own restaurant because I knew he could do it. But I told him there was no turning back. You must make your own way. When I say things like this, people often disagree. But I left home. But when I left home at the age of nine, this is what I was told. You have no home to come back to. That is why you must work hard. I was on my own. I didn't want to sleep under a bridge, so I worked to survive. So he's been on his own since he's nine. That has never left me. I worked even if the boss kicked and slapped me. Imagine what the kind of experiences a young Jiro had to go through. Nowadays, parent, he's, he's, he's continuing his point here by comparing and contrasting what other people tell their children to what he told his. Nowadays, parents tell their children you can return if it doesn't work out. When parents say stupid things like this, the children turn out to be failures. So he talks about his father. My father was good, was making good money taking people on boat rides, but his business failed and his life fell apart, and all he did was drink. I lived with him until I was seven. I was on my own after that. I never heard from him again. Uh, Jiro starts out in his apprentice as a very young boy. <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten years old. He was paid almost nothing. When he got married, he only had 10 yen, which is less than a dollar. His sons would save up for months when they were children just to buy one can of Coca-Cola. That's a different level of poverty, man. Jiro worked so much when the kids were little that one time he was oversleeping on a Sunday and his sons yelled that there was a stranger in the house. 
Before that, he had left for work before they woke up and returned after they went to bed. Jiro's not um, like glorifying this. He says, I wasn't much of a father. Now he spends a lot of time with them. But when they were young, he did not. Uh, Jiro says, when we came, we came back to work after World War II, the master said that the history of sushi is so long that nothing new could be invented. They may have mastered their craft, but there's always room for improvement. So I created sushi dishes that were never, that never existed back then. I would make sushi in my dreams. I would jump out of bed with ideas. And you have other people in the documentary trying to tell us what a, like, you know, Jiro's a shuk shukunin. And so Shukunin try to get the highest quality fish and then apply their technique to it. We don't care about money. All I want to do is make better sushi. That can be applicable to any craft. I don't think I have achieved perfection. I love making sushi. I'm 85. I don't feel like retiring. Uh, he says, the, uh, this is his son talking. These days, uh, people want an easy job, lots of free time, and lots of money. But they aren't thinking of building their skills. When you work at a place like Jiro's, you're committing to a trade for life. Most people cannot keep up with the hard work, and, and they quit. Jiro says, without good taste, you can't make good food. When I'm making the sushi, I feel victorious. Jiro was a troublemaker when he was young. And he said, uh, reflecting back on that time, he got in a lot of trouble. He says, always doing what you're told doesn't mean you'll succeed in life. Uh, and then he says, I've been, I've been able to carry on with the same job for 75 years. It's very hard for me to slow down. And then finally, at the very end, Jiro's son, the person that works with him and will eventually take over his restaurant when he dies, leaves us with what he, what he learned from his father. Always strive to elevate your craft. That's what Jiro taught me.